Welcome back to the Rain in Your Herd podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode where we will teach you how to harness the power of the internet to grow your online herd. I'm Laura. And I'm April. We can't wait to watch your business grow when you implement what you learn from the podcast. Whether you own a stable or a boarding facility, offer riding lessons and horse training, or are building an online membership for equine education, these tips can help you get more clients. Thanks for tuning in. If you're enjoying the podcast, please, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. If you share your business name in your review, you just might hear it in a future episode. It's the new year, and your social media feeds are probably full of resolutions, goals, and motivation for people's plans for 2020. So this is the perfect opportunity to practice telling stories in your content. Back in episode 11, we talked about how to stand out in a saturated market. A huge part of successfully standing out is by telling stories. So that is what we are going to talk about today. When you tell stories on social media, you don't have a lot of space to do it in. People are more likely to read and engage with shorter posts, so it can be challenging to tell a full story in the space that it provides. But challenging never means impossible. So let's talk about some ways to tell stories on social media. If you get the chance to check out my Instagram feed, at Unbridled Content Marketing, all of my posts start with an attention-grabbing header, so maybe three to five words, bold, big, and loud. In this header, I'm clearly calling out people that my post is for. So sometimes I write posts for trainers, sometimes I write posts for um, bloggers, and like different people in the equine industry, so I clearly call out people who are having a specific issue, who are work in a specific way, because this makes those people stop and want to read more. Then when I tell the story, I break it up into short paragraphs and use dots and emojis to create visual breaks in the text. So this way, my readers don't feel fatigued by having to stay on track in a huge block of text. Because I don't know about you, but if I see a post with no breaks, I'm much more likely to scroll by and not want to read it, especially if, you know, it's been a long day and I'm just... I don't know the person and I just don't feel like reading an entire book because I'm on social media. Right. Yeah, that can sometimes be a lot. It just really depends on the image too, if it's attention grabbing. Otherwise, if it's really attention grabbing, I'll read whatever's yeah. <laughs> got well, underneath. And it depends on who it's, you know, if it's someone who I'm, you know, a super fan of, I'm probably at least going to skim it. But if it's someone yeah. I don't know at all, whew, nope, sorry. Yeah. If you are struggling with ideas about what kinds of stories to tell, start with a goal-related one. So you can talk about a goal you have in your business for 2020 and what it means for you to reach that goal. Because, of course, this is relatable for other people. I mean, you know, a lot of people are making goals, whether resolutions for themselves personally. You know, everybody wants to lose weight, get in shape. Or for your business, like what kind of goals are they um, you want to reach a certain income level or do you want to reach a certain amount of people? So share these goals and kind of connect with people and engage them and, you know, have them share what type of goals they are reaching. These are just types of stories just being relatable to them. Um, so, yeah, don't be afraid to get personal, uh, personal or personal with 
this kind of information. Um, you don't have to go so deep where, you know, you're getting too touchy, but, you know, just kind of share a life lesson or share what you went through that day and kind of relate it back to your goal. I know Laura is really good at this. She's really good with words, but I've read some of her emails, um, and I, I really got intrigued with what it was going on. And then I, um, whether she had something at the end to go with it, it was, you know, it worked out really well. So, um, oh. <laughs> awesome. thanks. I'm glad it's working. <laughs> nice pat on the back, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cause the first time I heard about this was uh, with Russell Brunson. I know I've mentioned that on the podcast too, is just, you know, um, just go ahead and tell that story. Anything that you went through that day, you can, because a lot of people say, I don't know what I'm going to write about the email. Just talk, tell us what happened to you that week, that day, and kind of relate it back to your business or what you're trying to work on. And um, it doesn't have to be tricky. It can be real, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that my the one that did really well for me was Laura's for sure. But, um for my clients, if um, my client, she does retreats and um, she helps kind of like life coaching and she'll tell personal stories. Um, you know, she likes to do a routine and, you know, be in a routine during the day. Maybe you wake up early and do these things, but she says she can't always be in a routine. She needs something to disrupt her week, her day or her month. So she took her own advice and she went out and went on a trail ride or not a trail ride, but she went hiking. <laughs> you know, it's a human trail ride. She went. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like those as much. <laughs> right. Yeah. She went on a hike and she went to this new, new, you know, discover this whole new place. And then she drew it back and related it into how she could do it with life coaching and how it's good to connect and be with yourself and know what you really want in life. You know what type of person you are, that you may like routines, but some every now and again you need to be spontaneous. Or maybe you want to be spontaneous all the, you know, all the time. So create a life around that. So it worked really well for her. Um, she got to make the blog post out of it, and then she got to do email marketing with it too. That's awesome. So... It's perfect that April mentioned some of um, the more personal stories that I share in my emailing because my more personal stories and my stories about MJ are always the one that gets the most attention. You know, I do a lot of providing value and I do a lot of educating and that kind of stuff. And the personal ones get more engagement. And does that mean that people don't enjoy the business content that I post and the educational content that I post? It's important to realize that no, like a common complaint that everyone has is, you know, everybody loves the picture of the pretty pony, but nobody wants to talk about, you know, this specific training thing that I'm working on. It doesn't mean that people don't enjoy learning about the specific training thing you're working on. It just means that they have more to add to the conversation about horses than about the business. You know, I read people's posts and move on without engaging all the time. And it doesn't mean that I didn't found value in that post. It meant maybe it was a little bit above my head, or maybe I just, you know, I completely agreed, but I didn't see the value of giving a thumbs up in a comment. Um, and so it's important to realize that your personal stories are going to get the most attention, but your personal stories are what makes people relate to you and want to learn more from you and want to come back and read that business content and read that educational stuff. So it's really, really important to have both and to not get frustrated when you see the personal stuff getting more. 
Right. So speaking of stories, it's time to share our pony update. So we figured we would <laughs> yay. <laughs> I know we'll have our have to have our own music going into this one, you know, this segment that we do or something. We'll have to oh make yeah, we really should have a little an intro. <laughs> yeah. And some like mad neighing or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, since it's our first episode of 2020, we figured we would share our own horse goals for 2020. So, my goals for MJ are to get her really solid on trail, because we adopted her so that um, Quinn could have a horse. Quinn is my husband, for those of you who don't know. I really want him to have a horse that makes him feel very safe on trail, that he can just plod along, and I can get whatever insanely forward Arab I end up getting and tear up and down and pass them and leave them in the dust and come back and find them and I'll just be <laughs> still happily plodding along on the trail. Um, and I think um, MJ is extremely confident. She has way more woe than go. So I'm really feeling good about the fact that I found the right horse. Now we just have to get her to that point where she'll take really good care of him. So that is my goal for her and him. And then my goal for her and I is I am just a very competitive person and I want to compete at something. So just finding whatever it is, um, maybe cowboy dressage, maybe some competitive trail, but I don't know, given her injury, I don't want to break her down. So if arena is going to be better, we're going to do that. I don't know what we're going to do, but I want to find whatever that is and kind of start making motions toward that direction. Sounds awesome. Good goals. So my goal is, well, goal of goals. Um, at the end of March, we are moving back to the States. So that means, yay. My, yay, I'll be on the right time zone for all my clients or a better time zone. Yes. <laughs> um, but um, so we'll be kind of getting more comfortable in Texas in April and uh, May kind of time frame and um, my horse uh, will probably join me probably either end of May or beginning of June so I'm super excited because I've been away from my horse from well that'll be three years yep oh I can't imagine that's so yeah. hard I've seen them once a year since you know kind of going home um, my mom's been taking care of him and he was kind of a kind of a good thing for her for a little bit because she had a bad accident with a young horse and he was a young horse but he has um, I've worked really hard on him to have a good mindset so I'm just um, and he was just really that great horse for her to kind of get some confidence back after her fall but I'm just really excited to have him back um, and do all the fun things I'm not quite sure what we're going to do, because I've been looking at, you know, all the areas around Fort Hood, and it's kind of like a lot of English stuff over here, some burr racing stuff over here. I'm like, well, I want to do, like, um, dressage, Western dressage, and I want to do ranch riding and stuff. So a lot of things that I'm really into is kind of like an hour, hour and a half away from the base, which isn't awful, because that's not that bad, but it's still just a little more trek in the yeah. running finding where to board them and stuff there's not that a lot of there's not a lot of options right around base <laughs> which is kind know. of weird to me but um i'm sure we'll figure it out i'm just super excited to have them back in my life and there are options to have them on base but it's, then it's at that point it's like if you have them on base and you have to take care of all the like feed and the shape like you have to buy all of that 
the bedding and you have to make sure you're oh. the one like it's self-care complete self-care yeah. so then it's like by the time I'm doing self-care like am I gonna have time to ride him right. and you know now that I have the little one it kind of gets a little more trickier so I'm like oh, I'd rather somebody else take care of all that so when I want to go to the barn I can focus on him yeah so. I just wrote a blog post for a client about if self-care boarding is right for you and I would say self-care boarding might not be right for you given your right. life circumstances yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. but um a lot. <laughs> so what does the process look like of getting him do you have to go out and get him or will you have him shipped so right now my friend is um because um my mom hasn't ridden him as much and stuff lately so he it's kind of gotten a little bad on his ground manners and stuff. And I want to have him kind of more and more in shape when I get him. So my friend um, in Washington <laughs> is actually going to um, pick him up for me at the beginning of November and go bring him back to Washington and have him for um, six to eight months. And I'm thinking of, because she lives on the um, ocean and the uh, um, ocean shores. So I'm thinking of going to go up there like end of May, beginning of June and go ride on the beach with her with him. And uh, then her and I can do like a road trip back to Texas and stuff. So that's oh the gosh. ideal plan right now. So That's so fun. You have to come through Sacramento. <laughs> yes, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Go on a trail ride together. That'd be so yeah. fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's the plan right now. Um, cause she's trying to grow her own business. So, um, we're kind of, kind of swap some work. So it works out really well. So oh, I'm excited. Awesome. Yes. All right. So it's time to get back to talking about the nuts and bolts of storytelling. So you can have tell stories with a million different goals so they can inspire your audience to take an action they can make them reflect on their own lives and their own situations or it can just be simply making them laugh and entertaining them so if your horse bites you in the butt while you're picking its feet that's a funny story that you should absolutely share if you fall off a client horse while training it because you made a mistake you can talk about what happened and why and what you learned from that experience if you have a new client that experiences a major breakthrough, congratulations, that is so huge, and you wanna make sure that you share that story with your audience. So how can you tell a story and not directly talk about the horses? Um, the way you're indirectly talking about them. Um, so an idea is maybe you're um, doing bookkeeping for um, businesses and you could maybe go through an email or if you're selling it and you can talk about some of the struggles you've had with financing or maybe you can talk about a client that's had some struggles uh, with you know making sure people are paying on time and you can tell like an actual personal story about you don't have to mention names or anything maybe you having problems with people paying on time or whatnot. So then at the end of the email, you could say, you know, if you've joined this program, I can walk you step by step on how to make sure that you don't have to worry about clients paying on time um, and so forth. That's just kind of a bland example, but because, um, you know, or you could talk about the day you've had with your horse 
And then if you're trying to sell like a coaching program, you could relate it all back to that in a way. It's kind of hard to give an exact example. <laughs> no, I'm trying to... great. Yeah, you know, just by telling stories and talking about what's going on without having a direct call to action is a great mm-hmm. way to tell stories without just sell, sell, selling all the time. Yeah, right, yeah. No. So lots of people tell me that they're terrible writers, so they can't create good content. And if you really, really, really feel that way, you should just hire me so I can create your content. (laughs) (laughs) If in reality, you're just scared of putting stuff out there that's less than perfect, you're scared of the feedback you might create, you know, it's it's not really that you're a terrible writer, it's just that you have that analysis paralysis where you want to be perfect and you're scared you won't be. I challenge you to look at some feeds with big names in your industry. So Mm -hmm. from social media management aspect, I love using Jenna Kutcher as an example. She's a huge name in the social media world, but she doesn't have, she's not a perfect writer. She doesn't have perfect grammar. She just unapologetically writes in her own voice. And she's been doing that for 10 years. And now she's created a $6 million brand you will see a ton of imperfections in everyone's feed. And it's something you just have to get started with. You have to be not scared to unapologetically be yourself and show up as imperfect. Don't be afraid of writing imperfectly. Just write how you talk and the right people will love you. So be vulnerable. Talk about those late nights with a sick horse or the struggles of early morning horse hauling. Anything that can be relatable to your clients. Just never forget to inspire and entertain because that's how you can tell someone really, really awesome stories for your business that people will love and want to come back and read more and learn more from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. If you're ready for some extra help with the online part of your business, you can work with us. I'm April and I own Make It Rain, where I help equine businesses gain exposure online through creating content, social media management, SEO, email marketing, video editing, and more. Let me work in your business while you can focus on your business. So don't get bogged down with trying to do all the things. Check me out on my website, makeitrain.com. I'm Laura Langfitt with Unbridled Content Marketing. I can help you with all your writing needs. From your website to your social media posts, I love to write, and if I were to take a wild guess, I'd imagine that you don't. Check out my Facebook group. It's called Must Love Horses, Small Business, Social Media, and Content Tips. You can get to know me more there. Don't forget to go out there and rein in your herd.